Welcome in, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Dynasty Gambit. It is me, Devin Deal, here with Brian at VandyGrad92. Back again. We're doing a two-man show. We're a two-headed monster this week. Uh, you know, we're still going to give you great content. Might not have as many shout-outs in the YouTube since uh, Jay's not here. He always has his little all his friends in there giving him shout-outs. But if you want to shout us out, follow along on the YouTube channel. That's where we can see your comments. We'll make sure they hit the show. Uh, before we get into it, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Devin? I'm doing pretty good. We got a actually a pretty decent game lined up for tonight with the uh, Ravens and Buccaneers. So it's a little bit of change of pace compared to what we've seen the last couple weeks. So that's intriguing, at least, even though some of these teams are pretty banged up. But quarterback play should at least be there, you would think. Yeah, on paper, it should be one of the better games we've had we've had in a little bit. Um, no doubt about it. We, we're uh, we're definitely keeping the um, fires fires burning while Jay's on a, some secluded island somewhere, from what I understand. So, right, yeah, God, I'd be having a drink in his hand. You know, he said he might pop on, but I wouldn't count on that, folks. If I was on vacation like that, I would not be popping on. I'd probably be two sheets of the wind right now. So, yeah, the so, man's a man of his word, but but. You know, between a deserted island and talking fantasy football between two yokels like you and me, I think I'd rather pass. So, Right. So, all right, well, let's just go ahead and uh, let's dive into this game a little bit here. Um, so we just got news that um, some of the injuries, people that were questionable, um, Andrews, Gus Edwards, and Rashad Bateman are all going to be playing tonight. They have all been upgraded to active. Um, Dobbins is still on the IR from last week. Um, so that's, I think, it from the Ravens side. Um, the Bucks, um, Russell Gage, Cameron Brait are all out, and I did see that Julio Jones is going to be playing tonight. So, uh, what do you think about some of these uh, some of these actives? You know, someone like Julio Jones. Obviously, you're going to put you know Andrews in your lineup. Um, Edwards had a great week last week. He's probably in your lineup. The Bucks defense is pretty banged up at the moment, especially the secondary. So Rashad Bateman, I think, was going to have a decent game there. So what do you think there, Brian, on some of these uh, guys who are going to be active for tonight? Yeah, uh, one thing about it, I'm assuming that all three of the guys between Bateman, Andrews, and Edwards will all have normal snap, snap counts. It was a little interesting that Andrews did not practice all week, so Monday, Tuesday, and or Wednesday. But I'm assuming if he's if he's out there, I mean, you've got to play him. There's only there's only two, one other tight end that's been as good all year, and and that's Travis Kelsey. And he's on by. So if you got right. him, you're plugging him. Whether he plays, whether he plays his normal snap count or not, he's still better than most of the others. So you got to go with him. And like you said, Gus Edwards had uh, 16 carries for 66 yards, and and punched in two touchdowns last week. So I still think he'll be the predominant ball carrier. And so you've, you've pretty much got to play him. And I, re I really like Bateman this week. Like you said, the secondary is kind of, kind of banged up. And in terms of, terms of the Buccaneers side, I think I don't see much from Julio. I mean, he'll be on a limited snap count, I'm sure. I, would, I wouldn't play him. And Mike Evans missed a practice on Monday, but, I, but he's, he, he was left off the final injury report, so he should be a full go. Yeah, it's a pretty banged up team, both of them coming in. I know there's been a bunch of injuries on both sides here, but like you said, I just I really think Bateman's a really good play for tonight. I think he's going to be able to take advantage, possibly get open in some of that banged up secondary they have. I believe they have two of their top corners out for tonight, so 
That's yeah. Uh, what's that one guy's name? Carlton Davis or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Carlton Davis, and then I think Dean is the other one who's possibly out. Um, so yeah, so they got they got a lot of injuries there, a lot of room to take advantage of, and I'm just interested to see too. I think you know Gus Edwards was a waiver wire darling this week, so to see if he continues. You know, he had two touchdowns last week, as you said, 16 carries, 66 yards. Um, but yeah, I actually got him in one of my redraft leagues, so which was good because I just lost Brees, so that was <laughs> good for me in that aspect. But yeah, just interested to see if he keeps it up. You know, it seems like right before Gus came back. People were, you know, on the waiver wire claim, claiming Drake because he had that big week. So, you know, it seems that hopefully it's not going to be a weekly like, oh, this Ravens running back, this Ravens running back. And, you know, Gus Edwards looked really good. He looked really big out there last week, too. Yeah, I think I think Gus will get the predominant role. I mean, that that's one thing about Coach Harbaugh, that he's uh, he likes to lean on his veterans, players that have actually been in the system for a while rather than pick up guys off the waiver wire like he did last year. Um, and like he did the first couple of weeks this year, he he's always been one that likes to use his use his guy. And Gus right. Edwards has been his guy along with Dobbins, and Dobbins is out. So I don't, you know, Kenny and Drake will get a little play, but I don't see a lot a, a big role for him. I agree with that as well. Um, so before we keep diving in a little bit deeper into this game, we got a lot of a lot of news coming out of the league this week. A lot of trades have gone down. A lot of people have been benched, started. Um, so just hit on a couple things here. Uh, so James Robinson traded to the Jets. Um, I think that's a really good move for them after losing Brees. And it really is, you know, stock up, which we'll get into a little bit later for uh, Travis Etienne there. Um, today, Kadarius Tony was traded to the Chiefs. So, again, that's going to do things for Wandale uh, Robinson. Uh, Kadarius, hopefully, you know, if he can actually get on the field, maybe this will be an uptick for his value there. Uh, Mac Jones is going to be the starting quarterback in New England this week. Uh, a lot of controversy there last week. He was pulled for uh, uh, Zappy halfway through the Chicago Bears game. Um, so just I'll pause there because we got a lot of a lot of other ones to get to too. But I don't want to just rattle off you know twenty different things. So what do you think about uh, those three items there right there with James Robinson, Tony, and uh, Mac Jones? Yeah, definitely. Um, so one thing I, I read on NBC uh, Sports Edge today was that in Jacksonville, they're, they're going to go with a quote-unquote, excuse me, with the Jets, they're going to go with a quote-unquote hot hand. Now, I don't know what to expect from Robinson this week because they, they traded for him either Monday or Monday or Tuesday, so it's early in the week. So I don't know if he's had an opportunity to learn a ton of the system or not, or he'll be kind of on a snap count like CMC was last week for the 49ers. So I'll be a little leery, but in one league, I've got to start him. Um, there We do have some buys with the Chargers and, Austin Eckler and stuff like that going on. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'd be a little leery, but I still think there's enough opportunity, just like there was enough opportunity for, for Breeze Hall and Michael Carter to be successful in some way or, or fashion. You'll at least be able to start both as flexes pretty comfortably, I think. If not this week, certainly moving forward. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Carter's probably going to get a heavier dose. Um, Probably similar to like weeks one and two uh, when we saw, you know, Brees Hall was being eased into the offense um, before he just kind of took off and skyrocketed. So I think you're going to kind of see that. James Robinson, he'll probably be out there. I would see maybe for goal line work, you know, some of the like no-brainer, you know, just go out there and run um, plays. He'll be trickled in a little bit. But, yeah, I think for this week at least, uh, probably not the full load that you would expect from James Robinson. 
Yeah, they um, so, said they were going to primarily when he gets up to speed and when he gets up to you know full strength and whatnot in terms of the system that they expect him to be they'll be um, definitely running the ball through the twenties early the early first and second down back and I could see Carter being more of he'll he'll get his carries but I think he'll be even more productive catching passes out of the backfield so I, I think that's kind of the split and like you were talking about the Kadarius Tony thing's pretty interesting. Um, he's been hurt and had, I don't, he played a game, I think maybe week one, maybe if that, yep. but he's been out the last several weeks. So I don't know if he's truly injured. They didn't really want to utilize him or, you know, there was that, there was like, even at the end of last year, there was a despair, this disparity between the two. They were the, the front office, the coaching staff, all that was not getting along well with Tony. So it gives him another opportunity. And, I'm big. I'm personally big on Wondell Robinson. He went to the Cross Town Rival High School in my hometown of Frankfort, Kentucky. So he went to Western Hills High School, and then he played. Uh, he played last year at the University of Kentucky. So I'm really excited to see him. He he played last week, and he had um, I believe it was six catches on eight targets for 50 yards if it, in the first half, and then he didn't have a single target in the second half, which. He had a little bit of an injury, but uh, he's fine this way, from what I understand. Yeah, I think that, you know, that trade really does a lot for both of those guys, you know. Um, like you said, Kadarius Tony, he was only in um, the first two weeks of the season, uh, very minimally involved, 12% snap share, snap share week one, 38% snap share week two. Um, had three targets that week two, none the first week. So, you know, we've seen that explosive player, and I think that, he's truly someone who's going to fit the read offense very well. You know, I mean, he just screams to me a player that's, you know, just going to be able to dominate if he can actually get on the field and stay there. That's the biggest question there. But, you know, for, for the giants, you know, Wondell Robinson, he was kind of already, you know, getting surplanted as like the number one option there. I know they got a lot of issues and a lot of banged up wide receivers at the moment, but he's been getting a lot of targets every week and, you know, Tony wasn't really eating into that by any means, but it was still hanging around to where, specifically in Dynasty, I don't know if, you know, too many people were, you know, hesitant on trying to trade for him, um, stuff like that to where, you know, now with Tony being moved, it seems like Wandale's going to take that role as they kind of were both similar players at. Yeah, I'm happy for Wandale. I, I think he's definitely the wide receiver one on that team. Um, you know, Darius Slayton's been doing fairly well the last week or so, but uh, – I think Wondell becomes becomes a wide receiver one on that team for sure, especially with Sterling Shepard out for the year. Definitely. I actually got pretty – I'm pretty happy, even happier, I should say, today. But yesterday um, I had a guy in one of my leagues um, send me a message in a Superflex Dynasty uh, that I had um, Andy Dalton, and he said, what do you want for him? Because he had some bye week issues this week along with some injuries. And uh, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'll take Tony. You know, that's pretty close. And then so we got that trade done. And then, then today he got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. So pretty happy about that one. I actually have a decent amount of exposure to Tony. I was pretty high on him coming out. So hopefully this can regain some of that value if he can actually get on the field there. But um, not only that's, does it – That's oh, a strange thing. I mean, you didn't know if anybody was going to produce. And then they've, got, they've gotten stuff from MBS – periodically they've gotten stuff from juju last week mccall hardman had what three touchdowns so you know that's a cumulative group they've been pretty good so it'd be really interesting where, where tony fits in he i'm sure he won't play this week 
maybe not the next week. I, I just don't know if, in terms of his health if he's ready to come back yet or not either. So I saw him post some things on Twitter today that he was saying that, you know, don't speak on what you don't know. I've been healthy for a while or something like that. So maybe he is healthy. I don't know. Maybe he's just talking. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't expect it to be too much of the offense the first couple of weeks here. Similar to James Robinson, you know, he's got to learn the playbook, get involved, uh, earn the trust of Patrick Mahomes, all that type of good stuff. Um, but not only does that, you know, benefit Wandale, I think oppositely it has the potential. Running backs can typically get in the system a little bit quicker too. So Right. Yeah. And, you know, they're not out there running routes, having to learn the playbook of that. It's usually just, you know, either you're blocking assignments or, you know, what, what uh, direction you're supposed to be going there for the run. Um, but I think also potentially here um, it has the, on the reverse effect on the Chiefs, um, you know, clearly – um, Kelsey's not going to be affected by any kind of acquisition like this. He's the number one target on that team. But, you know, it does have the option to, or the potential to hurt, you know, Juju, MVS. I think it really hurts Sky Moore. Um, I think this was kind of the role they envisioned for Sky Moore, and he's just not been able to get onto the field. So I think that has potential for those guys, at least. I mean, they're kind of flex options at this point anyway. I don't know if anyone's truly starting anyone confidently as one of their top wide receivers from the Chiefs team, but. Definitely, I think it does impact some of these guys negatively. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody has been able to start any of the Chiefs receivers as the top twenty-four receivers. So, like you said, definitely flex. And somebody, I saw somebody uh, make a smart out comment on uh, Twitter today that Sky Moore hasn't been able been able to field punts well. So, I don't <laughs> know. Maybe his as much as he had been talked about in preseason. His value is pretty much plummeted, but he's a rookie, so in dynasty you can't you can't get rid of him. I mean, you got to hold him. So, yeah, exactly. I don't think you're dropping anyone there, but doesn't bode well. I know a lot of people, you know, just coming off that hype, you know, during draft season, where you know some of them taking towards the back of the first round, you know, stuff like that, especially the landing spot, you know, it's kind of skyrocketed him up above a couple other people, uh, like Johan Dotson, stuff like that. I saw a lot of people taking him over guys like that. So just kind of interesting to see what's going to happen there. It doesn't seem like the Chiefs have a lot of great luck with drafting guys. I mean, McCole Hardman's come on a little stronger this year, but up until this point, he's been pretty much a bust, and it's not looking great for the start of Sky Moore's career. Yeah, exactly. McCole Hardman's been in, been in the system, what, maybe this is his fourth year or so? Yeah, I think so. So, you know, he's been in there a while. And, and even at times this year, you know, last year was it was – a dominant game, but he's had he's had disappearing acts throughout the year, just like MBS and Juju have too. They've all they've been fortunate enough to that most weeks, but I, don't know, I guess primarily because of Mahomes, somebody's gotten involved along with Kelsey, so they've been able to do fine. But in terms of being able to consistently trust any of them, you really can't. So yeah, and uh, we'll just we'll hit on a couple other topics here. Um, so Andy Dalton looks like he's going to be starting over Winston again this week. Um, big news earlier in this week is Matt Ryan has been benched for the rest of the season and Sam Ellinger is going to take over, which is kind of was a shock. I don't know. They must, you know, I think that division's kind of winnable still at this point with, you know, the Jags, Titans and uh, Texans uh, for the Colts. So I know they're, I think they're three, three and one or three, four and one, something like that. Um, so I'm kind of surprised to see them go with Ellinger. I don't know if he's just been beating, um, Oh, man, why am I blanking on the guy's name? Who's the backup quarterback there? Uh, Nick Foles, I'm sorry. 
Uh, so I'm kind of surprised that he beat out Nick Foles there if they just want to see what he has. But I thought Nick Foles would have been next in line there. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by the move altogether. They've said that he's going to be the starting quarterback and that Ryan won't be back. But it also, from what I gather, it, it comes from the owner, Jim Irsay, that he wanted he wanted to try the younger guy because he was getting he had gotten tired. Each of the last five years, they've had a veteran quarterback come in and it'd be a one-year experiment. He was getting tired of that, but I don't think anybody, I mean, Fab was spent just all over the place. Like it was Monopoly money yesterday on Ellinger, but I don't know what to expect. I, I, I would have picked him up. Not sure if I can confidently start him unless you're, you have no other options, but we'll see. But I don't know that just because he's been named starter for the rest of the year and or Ryan's been, allegedly knocked out for the rest of the year that you can really rely on that word, especially if they maintain themselves. I definitely think it's a winnable division. It's them and the Titans pretty much. So, Right. And then, you know, moving on to some other injuries here, um, the big news that we haven't actually got a hit on yet was Jamar Chase. Um, hip injury came out today about two or three hours ago, says that he's most likely heading for IR. So, Gonna be out for four to six weeks is what it sounded like, and I mean that's a huge loss. I mean he's been having some great games here. Um, we know what he does there with Joe Burrow. Um, you know the Bengals themselves are pretty deep at wide receiver, I would say. Um, so I'm not exactly sure. I mean it's a loss anytime you hurt and you lose someone like this, but definitely a hurting for people who are on the on the playoff bubble here. That you know this last push for the playoffs um, as we are in week eight. Four weeks takes us to week 12 um, with the extended week. A lot of them, you know, week 13, stuff like that. So that's a huge loss for a lot of dynasty teams out there and the Bengals themselves. So just kind of, you know, what do you think uh, about that whole situation there with Jamar oh, Chase? Oh, gosh. I, I'd already prepared our, our show sheet, and I'm go, going back checking NBC Edge, and then the, here comes this news with Jamar Chase, and I was like, oh, my goodness. So I had to look into it a little bit deeper. Apparently, he found out about it yesterday. He's getting a second opinion. They think he won't need surgery, and that with rest, he'll be he'll be able to come back and play without surgery. But they're giving him a timetable of four to six weeks. And I don't remember specifically if it was his coach Taylor that said he's a prime candidate for IR, or or if it may have been NBC Edge themselves. I really don't recall. But at the same time, there, it sounded like he very well may miss four weeks. But I think we'll find out more news in the coming days since it just uh, it really just popped, like you said, two or three hours ago. But um, like Scott Fishbowl's an eleven week regular season, so they've only got four weeks. Le- we've only got four weeks left in that league, and the playoffs <laughs> start. And then, like you said, all the other all the other leagues were, were at the midway point pretty much. So four to six weeks is huge. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I just, so the I, uptick should be for Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins right. um, in that case, and even Hayden Hurst a little bit. So, yeah, I think that does definitely benefit all of them, especially Hayden Hurst. Between Boyd, kind of been going off the last few weeks. You know, he's been doing a lot with his targets there. I think if anyone, I think uh, Hayden Hurst is probably going to be a little bit more of a beneficiary on that end. Um, also maybe that Michael Thomas, I know not the Michael Thomas from the saints, but the one who always continuously fills in there is going to see a little bit of an uptick. I don't think you're actually going to be starting him anything like that, but he'll probably see some additional playing time. It usually seems like he's the next guy up whenever someone goes down on that team. 
Um, With poor but, Michael Thomas of the Saints injury, he, Michael Thomas of the Bengals may have more rest of season value. Right. Yeah, that's uh, – I just can't – I think he practiced limited the other day, but just really was just participating with stretches that Michael Thomas did with the Saints. So not looking too likely that like he's going to be coming back anytime soon. Um, then we actually had, you know, Debo Samuel. He had consecutive do-not practices out there this week. So he's pretty banged up. Zeke is not likely to play this week. Um, Nico Collins on the Houston Texans is likely out this week as well. Uh, Corey Davis on the Jets is unlikely to play. Lazard did not play. He said he's probably not playing this weekend. Um, Mike DK Williams Met- out for four weeks. Yeah, Mike Williams with the high ankle sprain. He's out for four-plus weeks. Um, DK Metcalf, you know, they haven't really given us too much information. He hasn't practiced all week. Um, I did just get a notification actually on Sleeper that said that it's going to be a game-time decision for him on Sunday, but I would imagine he's probably going to be out. Um, so just a lot of injuries happening here. Um, Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown both practiced, um, so that's good for them. Um, like to see both of them back in the lineup. It's been a while, a lot of high draft picks there. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of injuries around the league. You've got to be mindful of them. Um, Worst thing for DK is he, he left the game mid, um, second half last week. So, I'll be – I mean, you never can tell. But being being Thursday and having missed two practices, I'll, I'm, I'm thinking he's on the negative side of 50-50, to be honest. I'm shocked that he's even considering 50-50. The way that injury looked, I thought it was season ending. I thought it was either an ACL or just – you know, he got twisted up right there. So it just it did not look good. So the fact that he's even this close to being a potential game time decision is actually pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's a lot of if you if you think about all the injuries or a lot of the injuries, it's to wide receivers primarily right now. So Right. All right. Well, that I think that kind of wraps up all the news and notes of the week. So let's go ahead and dive into this evening's game a little bit further here. So just go over some players that we want to keep an eye on tonight. I know we've talked about a handful of players, uh, Gus Edwards, uh, Rashad Bateman, players like that that we're pretty high on. But uh, who else are you uh, high on here for, let's say, the Bucks team? Well, the one guy that I'm looking at most specifically, because like I said, I don't think Julio plays much much of a role tonight. So as as a third receiver, I like I like Kate Otten. Um, Kate Otten, the tight end, he's the rookie tight end. He's been getting pretty involved the last few weeks. And as we mentioned earlier, Cam Brake is, is out for the week. So along with Godwin and Evans, you they need a third target. So I, I, I really do like I really do do like Otten. He I, I believe he had uh, twelve fantasy points in two out of two out of the last three games. And the Ravens deep pass defense has not been very good all season. So I'm 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 actually in one league and I still got an option later. But in the Scott Fishbowl tonight, I'm starting Kate Otten over Kyle Pitts. So, oh man, you're one of my fellow Kyle Pitts brothers in the uh, <laughs> in the Scott Fishbowl. There, man, he's just giving us nothing week in and week out. Man, it's been absolutely brutal. Yeah, it's been awful. I'm I'm rolling the dice. I, like I said, I can still I've got enough bench spots. I can still play Pitts later if I choose to play a second tight end, but. I'm going to roll with Kate Otten to get double digits at least tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's been pretty involved. Like you said, two of the last three weeks, 12 points, um, 12 plus points in uh, in, uh, PPR formats, but uh, just really heavily involved, too. I mean, he's been hovering in the 80% range somewhere in there the last couple weeks. 
Um, so definitely being used uh, pretty good there. Um, so another player, you know, I mean, it's just kind of interesting to see what's going to happen here. I know that the Bucks are just pretty banged up all over the place. Even Fournette's dealing with a little bit of an injury, and they want to get Rashad White a little more involved. So he's kind of a player I'm looking to see tonight. Um, a lot of people drafted him pretty high as well, just with his pass catching ability and then also landing there with the Bucks. Um, but to see if he gets a little more involved, I don't think he's, you know, by any means going to be a 50 50 split, anything like that. But I do think he's going to have an uptick in his usage. So just to see how, how much that usage does get upticked and, uh, just to see what he can do. Um, uh, so that's kind of the player I'm keeping my eye on for tonight. Yeah. He had gotten up to, um, a couple of weeks. It was, it's been a couple of weeks ago now, but he had gotten up to, uh, I believe it was 37, 38% percent of the snap. So he, he was starting to build a role. And then all of a sudden, I think it was last week, he went back down to below 20, but the, tonight could very well be the opportunity. Like you said, cause Fournette is a little bit nicked up. And, yeah. And he's the kind of guy for prop bets that we'll talk about later. They've got him pretty low. Um, I want to say it's less than 20 yards rushing or something like that. It's not high at all. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, he's been gradually getting more involved, like you said. Uh, kind of took a dip there in uh, week six, but bounced back pretty good there in week seven against Carolina with his usage. So, been hovering around 40%. and like to see if that, you know, maybe does get closer to the 50%. At least snaps play it doesn't mean 50% snap share, but, you know, just maybe on the field a little bit more there, so. Um, that's really the only guys I'm, you know, that we haven't really hit on already that I've kind of kept my eye on. But uh, do you have anyone else you want to hit on before we move on to uh, stock up, stock down? Those are, those would be my primary guys. I I do expect I do expect similar usage from um, Gus Edwards last week. I'm going to go ahead and throw a stat line out for him for uh, why don't we say 17 carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. And I think Bateman gets an uptick. I think. I'll go Bateman since Andrews has been a little bit nicked. I see Bateman getting six catches for, we'll say, 70, 70 yards. So I, I think both of them will be will be heavily involved, um, even even more than they have been. Yeah, I agree with both of those. I think uh, Gus Edwards, like we've kind of said earlier in the show, it's kind of going to be his show back there in the running back field now. Um, last week coming off that injury, and just instantly getting 16 carries, I think, kind of bodes well for his usage going forward, especially the two touchdowns. Uh, and I'm, I'm having a mental lock, mental block. Um, who, who's the uh, running back, the third-year running back that they've had there? Um, Justice for, Hill. Yes, I, th- I think he'll, I think he'll get some some run tonight, as as opposed to Kenyon Drake. I think he'll be the number two back. Yeah, I could definitely see that, but. Yeah, I'm going to see how all that shakes out in this game. I'm looking forward to this game. Hopefully it's, uh, like you said, better than we said at the beginning of the show in the last few weeks. Um, but, uh, yeah, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into stock up, stock down. Uh, I know everyone really enjoys this segment. So go ahead and take it away, Brian. Uh, what's your uh, stock up at the moment? Actually, my stock up is Tony Pollard this week. Um, I've got him in several of my, several of my dynasty as well as redraft leagues. I've been really high on him to begin with. And he's been he's been averaging right about 15 touches. He had 14 last last week, and he wound up with total yardage over 100. He had more yardage than Zeke did. Um, Zeke did plop in for a couple of touch couple of touchdowns, where where whereas Pollard did not. 
But this week, Zeke doesn't doesn't appear like he's going to play. It's, you know, not guaranteed yet, but I don't believe Zeke's going to actually play. If he doesn't and Pollard has a role to himself, I see Pollard as a, honestly, I, I, and I know this sounds really out there, but I actually see Pollard as a top 12 running back this week if he has a role to himself. And over the last three weeks, um, he's had, I think it's right at 33 rushing attempts for 200 some odd yards. He's averaging almost seven yards a carry. And so he, he's been pretty awesome. He had one touchdown. Add, he also has an opportunity to add a little bit out of the backfield catching passes. He he does hasn't done a lot this year with that, but he can do it. So I'm, I'm really excited about Tony Pollard. Yeah, I completely agree with that, especially like I said, Zeke's trending towards being out. I'm um, going to be a sneaky play for a lot of people there. I know the Bears had a good week um, on defense last week against the Patriots, but I think the Dallas Cowboys are a little bit better of a team, so I would expect them to give them a lot more fits there. Um, I've already started setting some of my DFS lineups, and Pollard on DraftKings is sitting at 6,100. So I really, really, really like that play this week. Yeah, I think that's a great play as well, especially, like I said, trending toward he's going to be the main guy. He's probably a potential three-down back this week. So I like that play a lot. Um, so for my stock up, um, I have actually a forgotten name, people who have probably given up on this player um, quite a bit already since it's been about three or four years since he entered the league. But Paris Campbell, stock up for me. I will say this with a little bit of a caveat because they are having a quarterback change there. So, you know, as soon as he started taking off, this could be a potential where now, you know, Depending on his rapport with uh, Ellinger back there, he might start seeing uh, a little dip in his usage again. But the last two weeks, um, been on the field basically 100% of the time. Um, he had 11 targets last week uh, in, week, in week six and 12 targets in week seven. And he's turned those into two touchdowns in a row in a, uh, each week. And just been extremely used, uh, high on his usage. So he had seven catches, 57 yards in week six, 10 catches, 70 yards. So been an absolute PPR monster here, especially in PPR. Um, but he's finally showing that potential. You know, he's had flashes in his past, but he's just not been able to stay healthy. Um, even earlier this year, he was pretty much on the field the whole time, um, 70, 80% snap share the first few weeks. Um, but now it's all the way up to, like I said, 100 in week six, 98 last week. And, yeah, scoring two weeks in a row is more than he's scored in his whole career, basically. Um, so, you know, looking for him to keep it going. We'll see what his what he's looking like with Ellinger. But for me, I think he's a really good stock up at the moment. And someone, if you're wanting to take a flyer on a dynasty, I mean, he's more expensive than what he was two weeks ago. But I still don't think you're breaking the bank to get this guy on your team. He's still just a 25-year-old. So uh, stock up for me, Paris Campbell. Yeah, don't you think in a lot of leagues um... – Dynasty legs, you can probably get him for a for maybe a twenty three second or something for now. Yeah, I'd be if I if I had Paris Campbell in any of mine and someone offered me that, I would be absolutely thrilled for that. I'd probably try to get like a third form, you know, give a third form if I'm trying to acquire him. But given how he's been kind of popping off the last couple of weeks, I doubt anyone's probably going to sell him for a third. Maybe if there's an owner who's held on to him since you know they drafted him. And they're at the point where they're just like, finally, give me something for him. They might take the trigger, but uh, yeah, I think I would. Uh, I think I would take a second for him if I was the owner for him gladly. So I think that's a that's definitely a good target to try to get for uh, for him. He's always had talent. He's just 
had a hard time staying on the field. So if he can just stay healthy. And then a lot of times also, in regards to a new quarterback, they they like to target guys that they've been practicing more with. And with, with him having been hurt the last couple of years and Ellinger being in his second year in the pros, I have, an, I have a feeling that last year may have had an opportunity to develop a rapport. So I would not be shocked, and especially also on those short in routes that he likes to run, that uh, Ellinger can at least complete those. He may have a harder time hitting like a Michael Pittman than he will than, than he will Paris Campbell. It's hard to say. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. Um, so, all right, well, let's just go ahead and flip it on over to the stock down side. So who do you have for stock down? Yeah, that's, that's not, not good for um, CEH owners right now. Yeah. Um, la- last week, Isaiah Pacheco was named the starter. That wound up meaning little, little or nothing. Um, base, basically, basically. They split <laughs> the role three ways between CEH, Pacheco, and McKinnon. And McKinnon actually wound up have, having the most snap percentage, I think close to 40%. But CEH had 27% of the total snap share. And over the last three weeks, he's only had 24, 24 rushing attempts. And I think he's caught maybe two or three passes. I, I forget. I wrote it down, but it seems like about three pass attempt, three passes over the last three weeks or something. So he's given you basically deadly squat. And what, you, what really stinks is at the beginning of the year, like the first three to four weeks, he was somebody you could count on as definitely an RB2, if not a low, low end, lower end RB1. So... Right now, going through some tough times, they're they're going into a bye week. It'll give them an opportunity to evaluate how they want to move forward. Um, somebody on, on one of the podcasts I do over the weekend, uh, Pacheco's number ten, and so they they were they they live in the Kansas City area, and they were saying that the Chiefs kind of envision Pacheco as that kind of a do all, like a Tyreek Hill could do, like the jet sweeps and whatnot. So they envision him being like in regards to speed and all that, that he's not going to be a dominant between the tackle runner, but CEH's role is really, really in question right now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's people it looks like you might've missed your window. If you didn't actually sell high on him when everyone was saying to you a couple of weeks back when he was getting all those touchdowns. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't think you can start him with any confidence at this point. He's a flex at best. Um, I mean, I know he's still young. He's still attached to a great offense, but they clearly just still don't believe in the guy. Um, they're giving McKinnon all the receiving work, basically, like you said. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree with that stock down. Hopefully, like you said, he took advantage of that um, and sold him before all this started happening. So, uh, Pacheco, like you said, even though he was the starter, I know a lot of people were scrambling to the waiver wire Sunday morning trying to get him. Um, but yeah, just he still didn't even really, you know, take over. He was just the guy who started the game on the field. So yeah, the the receivers and the running backs all seem to be interchangeable right now. Where you can't really, if if you want anything from fantasy, there you've got to go with Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah, and you know, if use anybody else that you want to use as a as a flex, but you're not going to be able to really expect any of those to be wide receiver or running back ones or twos. I mean, they're not top twenty four across the board to me right and yeah so then uh my stock down for this week is uh romeo dobbs so you know i mean he was being pretty heavily used i mean even last week he was still on the field quite a bit um around 90 percent but the packers just look broken you know i mean i am a bears fan so i do take a little bit of happiness that they are not looking good and have lost three games in a row 
Um, but Dobbs' usage, you know, last week he had four targets, no catches. Um, even the four targets, usually he's been hovering around, seven, like, the last few weeks, um, eight, cat, or eight targets, eight targets, five targets, nine targets. So cut his uh, targets basically in half. I feel like he's – even though he's been on the field, it just didn't seem like they were really trying to use him as much, which, you know, the previous couple weeks it looked like he was going to be the next breakout there. Um, but the only thing I will say, you know, I was hesitant on putting him on my stock down just because Lazard's hurt. Um, so, you know, he's going to have a lot more chances uh, probably this week to get targets. But they are playing the Bills. And we know how that Bills defense is. So, I mean, even though he's not, you know, he's still seeing the field, at least this week, um, kind of hard to fire him up, you know. I mean, no catches last week, like I said. And then the Bills defense, not a great combo. It's not really a good outlook uh, for him to really have too many points this week. Yeah. Uh, and then also um, Christian Watson, I think, returned to a limited practice. He'd been out a few weeks with an injury, I think. So he, he returned to limited practice, I think, Wednesday as well. So it uh, the role will be split up even more. And like you said, I mean, like to Darius White and, and all the other good defensive backs, it's going to be hard for Dobbs to open up. But definitely in Dynasty, you've got to keep him. But in a redraft, yeah. I, I would be possibly looking elsewhere. Yeah, I actually picked him up in one of my redraft leagues about two weeks ago, and I dropped him this week. So, you know, I just if you have in the redraft specifically, yes, all day drop him. Dynasty, you're not dropping him, um, but just trending down overall, in my opinion. Um, like you said, Christian Watson looks like he's getting closer and closer to coming back, um, and then they've been rumored to be in the trade market for a wide receiver, which it kind of seems like they desperately need to be. Um, don't know if that's going to be a big splash. Could be someone like a Denzel Mims, uh, maybe a Brandon Cooks, something like that. Um, but yet to be seen, but still something to be aware of that. You know, even though the next week after this, they have the Lions, where he could potentially be a stock up, actually, depending on his usage this week. Um, still just, you know, a lot of unknowns on the horizon there. So just wanted to bring that up about the Lions coming up and then Lazard potentially not playing this week as well. And a couple other names that could potentially go to them as wide receivers would be, it wouldn't shock me, Will Fuller hadn't signed with anybody yet. And then also Chase Claypool for the Steelers. Although a big, not big news, but for those that you know enjoy football, Calvin Austin was um, declared out for the season yesterday. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if Claypool is going to be leaving Pittsburgh now. But yeah, that's uh, as a as a Bears fan, as we all know, I would love to see Claypool not go there because <laughs> I really think Claypool is a really hell of a talent. Um, I know he, you know, has his games here and lately, but I think that's more of like the quarterback play, kind of holding him back a little bit. I think you put him with someone like Aaron Rodgers, he would just take off. Um, but yeah, I also agree with um, the other. Who was who else? Did you say was? Oh yeah, Will Fuller. That um. So Will Fuller, I just am shocked still to this day that he is not signed. You know, I mean. It was a finger injury. That's what I don't get. It's like, you know, it seems like something. I know it gave him problems and it had a couple different surgeries, I believe. But pretty shocking that, I mean, he's 27 years old, I believe. And, you know, just has that elite speed where, you know, he, I mean, he was going off before he got busted for the PED use. But I'm still shocked that no one has taken him. I mean, we've seen Josh Gordon get flyers taken on him countless times. I just, I don't know what's going on there. Something just seems like it's off to me. Yeah, I'm not sure. My my last two picks in Scott Fishbowl were Will Fuller and Odell Beckham. I knew that there would be, you know, they might not 
make anything make any difference until the very latter part of the year. But I expected Fuller to be signed by now, and I knew OBJ wouldn't be available till really just about the first of December. And it sounds like he may be going back to the Rams and or the Bills. So I'm not sure. Yeah, it was even being rumored that the Chiefs were looking at him last week. Um, and then now I think that Kadarius Tony thing kind of squashes all that. So probably not going there to the Chiefs, but I think he's getting injured. I know they were saying late November, early December, he would like to be on the field. So maybe the next couple of weeks we'll be hearing something. Maybe some of the people who lose out on the trade deadline that's rapidly approaching here might uh, be contenders for Odell there. Yeah, I decided, I thought, why not pick up guys like that? You know, when we draft during July, and that would be something that anybody's listening for Scott Fishbowl next year. Is there somebody similar? As opposed to, you can always, it's always suggested not drafting a kicker in, in like the, in like during the draft itself. You can pick him up later on the waiver wire, which is true. That's about all you can find on the waiver wire. Right. <laughs> so if you play at Scott Fishbowl next year, use those last couple of spots for guys like that. I've not gained any benefit from them this year yet, but there's still season left to be, especially during the playoffs. So, Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, so looks like next stop here on our to-do list on this sheet here is uh, let's predict the score for this week. Um, you know, we're getting close to kickoff time here. It's about 6-4, we got 20 minutes to 7 o'clock. Um, but what's your prediction for tonight's score with the uh, Bucks and Ravens? I've got the Bucks winning. If from memory, it was I believe it was twenty-four to twenty-one. I expect a close game. Uh, one thing about it, the only reason I went with the Bucks, I mean they played, they played awful last week against Carolina, lost I think twenty-one to three from memory. But uh, the road team is not. Neither one of these teams have done well. You know, the Ravens are four and three. The Bucks are three and four. Neither one of them has lived up to expectations necessarily. They're both horrible against the spread over the last 10 games. So I'm just really going with the home team because if you if you take out the points the Saints scored on Thursday night last week against the Cardinals, the road team has averaged 16 points per game through, through six uh, Thursday night games. And so I'm just expecting – that the Ravens won't do great when you're on a short week and you have to travel also, it's tough. So I'm just going to go Bucks 24-21. That's uh, it's pretty funny because I actually have the exact opposite. So I have uh, Ravens 24, Bucks 21. So we're right there. But I have a Justin, Justin Tucker field goal taking it home for him late in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm predicting here tonight. But, yeah, both of these teams, you know, I think they're really, they're like we've said, I think they're ailing. Had a lot of issues here. I think the defenses are both going to kind of step up, knowing they're playing elite quarterbacks on both sides. So not a crazy, you know, high-scoring game. Um, but, yeah, I got 24 Ravens, 21 Bucks. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty close there, basically a coin flip. We'll see who ends up coming out on top here. But uh, the Ravens, you know, I think they're better than what they are. Their defense has been terrible. But, you know, they've led basically every game that they've played so far this year, and um, they don't have much to show for it. But uh, I think they end up, you know, especially getting Bateman back. Duvernay has been a really good surprise for a lot of people this year. So I'm going to take them with the slight edge tonight. Yeah, I've got Duvernay in a couple of leagues. I've been excited to have him. I, uh, I, I'm considering trading him. He's, uh, but, you know, I, I'm not sure what I can get. What, do you know what the current point spread is? Last time I heard it was a point and a half 
but I, but I could not remember if it's between the Ravens or the Bucks. I I, uh, I don't know who's the favorite. Uh, so it's Tampa Bay negative two. Tampa Bay's negative two. Okay. Yep. So I've just I've just got the Bucks barely covering by by one point. So it's going it's going to be a very competitive game, and I think both teams have an opportunity for success between now and the end of the season. So they're both contenders at least for a division crown. So yeah. I know. I think earlier in this week, the betting favorite too has been the Ram or the Ravens, um, and it seems like the last day or so, from what I've seen, it started to start steaming back the other way. So it seems like a lot of people are betting on the Bucks here as we get closer to kickoff. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I seen it like yesterday, and then I I saw it again today, and it had changed quite a bit. I was like, "Well, who's the favorite now?" So. All right, and well, just to keep on uh, keep on rolling here with our bets, uh, what are some of your favorite prop bets for this week? Yeah, I've got several. So, um, I've got three or four. I, I'm taking Lamar. I'm taking Lamar Jackson under one and a half touchdown passes. Um, my thought process on that. So, we're in week eight. The first four, first three weeks, I believe it was. He had 10 touchdown passes over the first three games. And then over the last four, he's not had more than one. He's not had more than one in any of those four games. So I'm going with the under under one and a half passing touchdowns for, for Lamar Jackson. It's always tough. I mean, that's not a lot. I mean, that's basically saying one or zero. So that's never easy. But they've been relying on the run a lot more here, it seems, over the last few weeks. The other one I like, I think with some of these players injured, they really kept some of the to- some of the totals kind of low. Yeah. So they've got um, they've got Gus Edwards rushing yards at forty four and a half. I'm going the over with him. Yeah, I feel like you got to smash the over on that. It just seems like um, Vegas does an amazing job of um, adjusting and all that, but it seems like. They may not have adjusted enough up for, for Gus Edwards. And the other one I li- I really like is um, Mike Evans, o- over 68 and a half receiving yards. And he was injured on Monday as well. And mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they've adjusted him up as well, enough either. And he had that huge dropped touchdown pass that was just a walk-in basically all by himself. So, yeah, I agree with all those actually. Um, you know, I'm – I'm pretty novice when it comes to all these because it hasn't been legal in any of the states I've lived in. Um, so I kind of let you and Jay head these up. But uh, seeing what you have on there, you know, I pretty much agree with all of them. Um, Jackson, it looks like you said you got the under on the one and a half passing touchdowns. Um, Gus Edwards definitely loved the smash over the 44 and a half. Um, what do you think about Evans on uh, four and a half receptions over or under on that? And. That's on Evans. That's that's probably a bigger play than than the sixty eight and a half. I, I definitely like going to Evan, Evans four and a half catch, more than four and a half catches. You're only looking at five. And one other one I'll throw out there. Um, Tom Tom Brady in terms of passing yardage is sitting two eighty five. I think I'm going it going the under. I don't I don't think he's going to clear three hundred tonight. Yeah, I kind of agree with that too. I mean. I think the Ravens, you know, they're susceptible definitely to defense, but, you know, just being honest, Tom Brady has not looked good against a lot worse defenses uh, the last few weeks. Um, coming off a short week, too, I know he's pretty banged up as well. His offensive line has not been nearly as good this year. Um, so I know he's feeling it coming off a short week. 
think I would agree with that as well. So I would take the under on that uh, as well for me. And a couple things that um, I don't have the totals in front of me, but like I said, Rashad White rushing total was less than 20 somewhere. It was like 16 and a half or something. So I think that would, you know, since that's one of your players that you really like, I think taking the over on his rushing yards this week would, would do well worth it. I stayed, yeah. away, I stayed away from Fournette. His his rushing total was 54, I believe, 55. And so I stayed away from him altogether. And his total yardage was like 80-something in the 80s, low 80s. I just decided to stay stay a long way away from Fournette this week. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a little – seems like a little bit unpredictable this week. But the coach saying they want Rashad White get a little more involved. And then, you know, I think he's just like we've already hinted on. He's banged up as well. So probably not the easiest smash play on there. I know 50-some yards doesn't seem that impressive. But I think he's got a lot of things going against him this week, uh, namely that offensive line as well, not opening up nearly as many holes. Uh, he had a pretty rough week last week. Yeah, it's it's it wasn't a great week for him. Like you said, the whole the whole offense was just out of kilter for, what, for whatever reason. They were they, in God's green earth. There's no way they should have lost to the to the Carolina Panthers, let alone twenty-three. No. I mean, that's that's just embarrassing. Yeah, and that was. I still play in a league where we got to have kickers in one of my redrafts, and I had um, Bass from the Bills, and he was on bye, so I picked up uh, Suckup, who was out there, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. They're going against Carolina. <laughs> he got me three points on the week, man. It's fucking brutal. So, yeah, yeah. So did, did you have Tyler Bass, you said? You didn't You didn't yeah. drop him during the bye week, I'm assuming. No, I just picked up Suckup to fill in because someone actually had dropped him. I was like, oh, okay, because I was going to pick up a different kicker. Uh, so I ended up going with him, and then it didn't give me anything. Yeah, somebody dropped uh, Tyler Bass in, in my primary league of record during the bye week, and I tried to pick him up thinking that 10% of your fab budget should be enough to pick up a kicker. I lost by $2. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing. That, that's another thing people have to think about is we've got – this week we only got two week, two teams on bye, but pretty soon – and I don't have the the schedule in front of me, but pretty soon we got a six team bye week. It may be week nine. Yeah, that's I know week nine's a pretty bad one. Uh, I think that might be the by Mageddon or whatever <laughs> that they were calling it. Uh yeah, it looks like week nine. Uh so this week on week eight, uh Chiefs Chargers, which, you know, two pretty big offenses there, at least, you know, some pretty relevant players. Um next week, week nine, we got Cleveland Browns, the Cowboys the Broncos, the Giants, the Steelers, and the 49ers. So next week's going to be a rough one. Uh, looks like week 10, um, we got the Ravens, Bengals, Patriots, and Jets. Um, and then looking a little further out here, week 11, Jaguars, Dolphins, Seahawks, and Bucks. So it looks like at least as far as you know, fantasy-relevant teams go, uh, next week's going to hurt with the Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers on by. And, and one thing I'll say, you really – at least most of the leagues that I'm in, in in terms of the dynasty leagues, most of them are 12 team leagues, uh, 25 plus positions in terms of terms of roster size. So it's hard to prepare for bye weeks. People tell you, I'll oh, prepare for bye weeks. There's typically not much on the waivers, but you can do that in redraft. So just keep that in mind. You got, you got six teams on bye next week. Go ahead and start preparing for your, for your bye weeks now. Don't wait till next Thursday or Wednesday whenever your waivers run. All of a sudden, oh goodness, I need a player. 
you do that, you'll be fighting the competition. So go ahead and put in your waiver claims now. Yeah, that's definitely. That's something I always try to prey on. If I see that someone's got a quarterback on by or some tight end on by or something like that, then if I have the space for it, I'm going to pick someone up just so I have them and you don't. So that's definitely, you know, a lot of people play like that. That's definitely, I mean, it's a smart play. But, uh, yeah, if you can, you know, guard yourself against that, you know, look a couple weeks out, like Brian's saying, that way you're not trying to scramble the week of. And and that's the same, even if you're not dealing with buys. Like a Wondell Robinson, he was on injury reserve, or he he missed some games. I think he was on injury reserve. You could have seen he was starting to get more practice reps and all that, and then you could have picked him up, not at, not last week when he had eight targets, but you could have picked him up the week before when he hadn't had much usage. So you got to stay ahead of the game if you're going to win. Yeah, definitely. That's a smart move. So, all right. Well, it looks like we're just a couple minutes away here from kickoff. So with that being said, I think we're going to get out of here. Um, speaking of smart moves, make sure your players are actually in their spots for tonight. Have your quarterbacks in the quarterback spot, not the super flex. Have your running backs in the running back spot. Just make sure all your players that you're actually firing up or laps out of your flex. Give yourself the most uh, – the best chance for this weekend in case any surprise injuries like the Jamar Chase thing just comes out of nowhere, stuff like that. So I say that every week. I like to make sure I preach that. So with that being said, Brian, let people know what you got coming up, uh, any articles, stuff like that, where to find you on any podcasts coming up, all that good stuff. Yeah, Devin, um, I, they can always find me at Vandegrad92 on Twitter. I I am with for frequency sake.com. Um, Twitter's FFSQC. Like I said, mine's Bandygrad92. And um, I've definitely got a Sunday podcast. We do from 10, 10 in the morning to 1130. Uh, we do a weekly. And I, I actually have a DFS segment, so that's pretty cool. And then um, with any luck, I'll have a DFS pod that'll drop, that I'll do tomorrow night and drop Saturday. Um, but it's we've had a little, like, up and down in regards to that, but we're hope we're hoping that we get one off tomorrow night. So definitely, and I don't have a whole lot going on right here at the moment. Uh, looks like Kyle Center did actually say hi, came in the chat here. Uh, so hey, Kyle, thanks for stopping in. We appreciate that. Um, as far as anything I got going on, just keep an eye out on the Going for Two Network. Uh, still been working on an article here, so hopefully that'll be coming out here soon. Um, and then every week, I'll be back here. So. Uh, thanks for joining us this week on the Dynasty Gambit. For Brian and myself, we will talk to you all next week. Enjoy the game.